Six matches, six defeats, one goal scored, 27 goals conceded. Tampines Rovers' maiden Asian Champions League campaign was one to forget as the stacks fell to grim defeats at the hands of South Korea's Jeonbuk Hyundai Motors, Japan's Gamba Osaka and Thailand's Chiang Rai United. On this episode, the final whistle and our guests will dissect, evaluate and analyse what these results say about Tampines and about Singapore football in general. Was this a reflection of where the stags are at or an indication of just how far behind Singapore football has fallen? Hi and welcome to the final whistle. This is Kabir. And this is Jerome. And Kabir, yes. I know you're a Tampines fan, so I have to start with you. I know you didn't expect Tampines to do well. I mean, based on our conversations uh, before the tournament started, but were you surprised at the results? Um, at the start, of course, I was expecting really bad results. I knew that. Let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> but because any local club that competes in the ACL, whether it's Lion City Sailors or Tampines, they're going to lose. That's that's a that's a sure thing. But after after watching the first two games, I was pleasantly pleasantly surprised. I started believing. I start started having hope. Maybe let's get that one win, lah. We can, lah. Maybe get get that one win. Maybe score a few goals here and there, and then the results start going bad, and then it got worse, and then Yasi got recorded, and then everything else happened. So, like, it, it was a major collapse. It was just a collapse, lah. Let's just say that. And then when they return, all these COVID cases, it was just a what 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 would I say? I was just a horrible experience for everyone, even even us fans. So. I wouldn't say I was. I would be surprised if they got that one win. <laughs> Thinking, I mean, they got that one goal. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it was just it was just sad, lah, bro. Mm. I'm I'm not gonna pile on the misery here. The final whistle. We like to make sure that we share the misery we among did, everybody. To be honest, I'm sorry, <laughs> but we're gonna share on the misery on to everybody else here. Um, of course, here with us today we have Tampines Rovers fans from the Yellow Knights. We have Zen and JT. Singapore Football Observer Gary Koh and commenter Ziaul Raushan with us. Welcome to the show, guys. How are you all doing today? Well, all good. Thanks for inviting me over. Yeah, great to be here. Enjoying the company. It's good to be here. Our first time here. Yeah. So I'm going to turn to the fans first since Kabir is going through his little bit of a crisis. So let's just go to the fans <laughs> first. Um, JT, I'll start with you. Um, was the results expected? And as fans, how do you feel through the whole um, tournament itself, through the six games? Okay, uh, let's be honest here. We shouldn't be, I, we expected it, but in a way, the way we lose is sometimes a bit hard to take. But to me personally, uh, the most important thing is that the stacks, right, at the pitch, they give their all from uh, first whistle to final whistle. As long as they give your all in this tournament, uh, we are more than happy with their performance because as we all know, the quality of opponents that we meet in this tournament, we have past champions. We have a Thai FA Cup champion, FA Cup winner. So things are not going to be easy. We all know. We all, all of us, we knew about it. Uh, so our expectations for the team is more or less is as the team, as long as the team give their all, we are more than happy. Zen, what about you? Yeah, I think I think I think personally is the the sentiments is more or less about the same. Um, honestly, I mean, I think I think the moment Tampines was drawn with like, uh, Jumbo, uh, um, I think yeah, I think it was during the initial like group draw. Where it's not just Jumbo, you also have like Sydney FC. So just watching the draw, it's like, oh wow, we are we are truly screwed right here. Um, but you know, but then as closer to competition, where Chiang Rai came into the picture, um, 
you know and I think I think and then like looking through Gamba's uh, Gamba's uh, performance as the inferior uh, Osaka side Ghost Rezo um, <laughs> sorry uh, but yeah honestly honestly going at the very start of the competition I kind of have a bit of a belief that maybe we can pull like an upset win maybe I mean against the Korean side or the Japanese side maybe definitely would imagine it would be more likely with the Thai side but um, as things turned out not ideal but I think I think I think the I think at, at this point of time I think the journey is what matters for for the club really um of course we have the two um experts here the observers here who to really give an intake of what they saw during oh, the like six years said, bro, observers. Huh? <laughs> so I, I think them pandits, uh, pandits, okay, maybe got the words wrong there but uh, we have our, of course our pundits here to go through actually what you know during those six games especially Gary um, going to you on this one what you know what was your expectation overall of the competition actually if we look at the initial group draw I mean whether it's the initial group draw or after Chiang Rai replaced Sydney we were in for a hard time because don't forget it's been 11 years since we last reached the ACL group stage. And not only that, when you have such a long gap and not only are the South Koreans and the Japanese and perhaps even the Chinese at this point, except for this year when the Chinese teams fielded young boys to play instead, even the Thais, they were already pulling away with Muang Tong and Buriram reaching the round of 16 in the ACL round of 16 up to the quarterfinals in the 2010s. And not only that, and our football was in a steep decline from the 2010-2009, the heydays, where you actually, at that time when SFFC were able to hold their own against some of the better teams, holding Shanghai Shenhua to a 1-1 draw, winning against Henan Jianye, and also performing well against Gamba, even scoring against Kashima Antlers at the Jalan Besar Stadium in 2009. And we could even afford Alexander Durich to miss a penalty, even though we lost. This was a far cry from the days. So we are, we had to be pragmatic on this. And I wasn't surprised and the results came out as they were. Ashan, what about yourself? I think there was plenty stacked against Tempris Rovers going into it. I think some of them touched on uh, the, the draw for the group stages already. Being drawn against opposition of that caliber for any SPL team is going to be difficult. Let alone Tempris. And let's be honest here, Tempris don't have the biggest budget in Singapore as well. So... Ultimately, the odds were already stacked against them. I'll touch on it later, but I think the format of the competition also didn't help them. I think it's very tough to play in such a condensed format because at the end of the day, if you lose a cup game, you can come back to your league to get some form going, get some uh, energy going in the right way and then go back and go back into the competition, which we, we see in like the European version of the Champions League, right? Unfortunately, this was condensed in two weeks and to pick yourself up, after a bad result, it's 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 difficult, man. So as much as already odds were stacked against them with the draw, there were various other factors which unfortunately COVID willing led to the demise of Tempest Rovers basically. And when I when I look at it, I think first game there was a lot of optimism. Uh, in fact, I think I was quite vocal on Twitter saying in Gavin we trust basically because of the football. And then unfortunately they succumbed at the last minute, right? But I feel that was as good as it got really because. Again, going back to the format of the competition, once you start leaking in goals, it's hard to pick yourself up, especially with a squad that is as thin as Tempanese. Do you think, like like you say, you're going gonna to elaborate, let's let's do, do that now. Do you think with the format, as uh, which was as such, like COVID format and everything, and them playing away, do you think that made things a lot worse or 
was it an even even playing ground? For you? I think for a team like Tampines, hundred percent it made it worse. Starting with, I think they travelled with a squad of y'all were saying earlier twenty four players or something. It's hard to rotate unless we honestly all twenty four are not okay to just come in and fill up the starting eleven. They are squad players, so to to come back from results over a condensed period of two weeks, I think was always going to be tough. And I like the point you touched on about home and away as well. Let's be honest here. I think the fans will agree if Tampines had played home games. I'm not saying the support would have got them a result, but the support would definitely have pushed the team on much more than playing in isolation in Uzbekistan. And I think that was difficult. And mentally as well, players, these guys are human beings, you know. They are footballers as a as a professional. That's their job, but they are human beings. So to be in isolation, to go out and train, come back, go match day, recover, train, match day, it's very mundane, I feel, that routine. And that ultimately affected them and it would affect any team. Okay, you're going to argue that some teams cope with it better, but I only care about Tampines in this podcast while I'm speaking about it. So to look out for them and just slag them for for the goals they considered, I think would be wrong. I think there needs to be a bigger understanding of how much they were going through, how much they were put under. And uh, I think that's very difficult, especially the three national players. Uh, I think Bayhaki, Madhu and Yasser. How long have they been away from home? I mean, I can't imagine being away from home for that long. I think my wife would be happy to hear that, but I can't <laughs> be away from home for that long. For them to do that, and Bai just had a child and everything, there are a lot of psychological factors that I think we tend to forget. And especially on Twitter, people just go out and slam teams. I mean, people who don't even watch football to understand, go out and slam teams based on results, based on score lines. I think that's very unfair to the team. We can dive deeper into what they could have done better, which is a conversation that needs to be had. But at the surface level, I think we need to understand that there were many other factors that already made this a very difficult assignment for Tampines. And and I just want to add on from what, what Roshan is saying. Actually, when it comes to competing against your Gambas and your Jumbooks, they are going to be run totally wrecked. It's not just 100%, maybe more than 100%. Some of them, for the first time in their lives, running, being Kena, running, the, these players, they are running rings around such experienced and raw rookies. They are going to be so naked. The time to recover is so short. And don't forget, we do not have, unlike the previous time when SFFC was playing in the Champions League, where we had the comfort of using the Jalan Besar artificial yes, turf yes. to negate the outcome, to negate any superiority that the visiting teams have, whether they were flying first class and what, what not. Yeah. But at the same time also, when we look at how this whole format is set up, actually, we because of this COVID, we accept it, but it's really not ideal. And also, and also where they are concerned, especially previously when SFSC were playing in the Champions League, you got not just national team players, you got naturalized players, you got quality foreign players. I mean, 2009, you got your third sucks, you, Banner was playing for both 2009, 2010. Then you also had Sandberg in 2010, Ivan Lovridge, Federico Martinez. So you got these players and then you also have your Ahmad Latif, Indra, Norahman, 2010. You also have reliable backups in your half, in your Razali colleagues. In, and others players. So with the depth that they had then, they were able to at least put up credible displays. Yes, we were, we lost many games, but their performances, their ability to perform and recover and bounce back. Yeah, there were more factors beyond just the format and the conditions and the time limits. I think let's go to the fans for this one. Um, JT, starting with you, um, what do you think was one of the main key factors on what went wrong for Tampines? Uh, personally, I feel it's more like the condensed schedule. It's like you are playing literally every game in uh, every three days. And like you are in isolation, you don't have anyone to lean on for support physically. 
because sometimes you need the, the physical touch to motivate you better. So being in isolation far away in Pakistan, it, it just makes it just makes things difficult for our players. So yeah, um I strongly believe like the contest schedule was one of which and also the quality of opponents. You see, uh the way we play against Jombuk, the way we play against Gamba and Changrai, we tend to run a we tend to chase around a lot and not really say dominate of possession or whatsoever. So you see this kind of chasing around a lot, uh it actually takes up a lot of physical physical uh energy off the players and it's not easy to actually recover from that. And you think you think of it, uh, you compete in Singapore Premier League. Yes, um, you don't tend to really run a lot, but in ACL you see the players running nonstop. Yeah, Zen, for you, right after you after you've heard what uh, Gary said about the quality of players, do you think the squad was good enough, and do you think that um the players were to blame for this? I wouldn't necessarily say blame per se. I mean, like. Like you know, we all talk about say the 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 quality that is coming from your from Jumbuk, from Gamba, even from Changrai for the matter. Um, you know, you know, like kind of like flip, kind of like flip the question on on Tampines. Uh, how is our quality compared to the other clubs competing in our group? And I think, I think that I think like especially considering it's like what, uh, six matches, in a way, so called like two-legged matches in a sense. I think if I think they will come to a point where eventually the tank is gonna run dry, the players are gonna just run on fumes, and I think third match maybe even I would say the fourth match I I would say uh I think was yeah against yeah the the second match against Jumbuk I think it's really it's really you can tell that that all stocks is 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 near depleted or completely depleted already, so. I suppose it's a matter of time really it's not so much of how it's more like when do they start to falter and 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 I think it showed in the third and fourth matches against Jomboga uh, Rafshan going to you you managed to speak to uh, about three of the the first team squad when um, they were overseas what was the general vibe because you could see like Mark Ryan was really looking forward to his time there what was the general vibe with the squad you know speaking to him maybe before your recordings and after. So we spoke to Madhu before the competition started and I think at that point there was a fair bit of optimism going into the competition is fresh, right? So they were looking forward to it and considering Madhu is one of the more senior players in that squad, I think he was upbeat and he was looking forward to it. But to answer your question about Mark Ryan yeah, we actually wanted to speak to someone like that because... He's one of the young ones who we talk about gaining experience, gaining invaluable experience. And he was fairly upbeat. He was even juggling school while while doing this. But that's a bigger problem. Lah. Why are players juggling school while trying to play in a professional competition? So I just, I'll answer your question, but I just want to touch on Kabir's question about the squad. I think it links to my point about Mark, Ryan, uh, Mark Ryantan having to balance both. The squad are not capable of competing on that front purely because... Yes, you have maybe seven or eight good players, but to compete in a competition like that, in a condensed format like that, you need more than 11 men. You need players to come in. And off the top of my head, only LCS on current paper have the squad to compete in a competition like that. Not saying they will do any better because that's hypothetical, but on paper, at least they have players to come in and cover. Like he said, match day three, already running on empty already. I mean, sometimes we play FIFA, third, third, 
second game in three days already, the fella half his uh, energy level set already. <laughs> These are real life players, let's not guys. Talk about, let's not talk about the players in the game. Yeah. Even you feel tired yeah, of fatigue. Exactly. <laughs> so again, when we spoke to the players, when I spoke to Gavin as well, he seemed upbeat. We spoke to him after match day one, I believe. And there was a fair bit of optimism. But again, I want to touch on, I think Gavin did the best he can with the squad that he had. And it's a, it's a wake-up call, I feel, for Singapore football. Purely because there is coefficients weighing on teams' performances. Right now, we get one automatic spot based on the best play Singapore team, right? In the SPL. So if if Tampanese are representatives there, and this is all they can achieve, that will have wider implications on the future of competitions. And like Gary touched on, we must wait another 10 years before we ever get a chance to qualify again. So I think... This is where Singapore football needs to understand that money needs to be pumped in, into the game so that squads, not all squads obviously, but at least some squads are capable of competing. Even when we spoke to LCS and they have this squad, but there's that 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 uh, problem of the, it potentially becoming a one-horse race if they are the only team that is back. And only competition will bring out the best, right? So I think that's why Tampanese in a big way need to be back if they want to compete on that front. I don't think this is just AFC Champions League. Maybe... Based on how the league plays out next season, they might be in the AFC Cup. But to com- compete on the continental front, certainly the clubs in Singapore need better backing. La. We will discuss like the future of um, our, our clubs in the ACL later. I'll ask the fans. Um, when it comes to the players, uh, the performances on the, on the pitch, Kyoga and Memerovic, they played superb. Who do you think did not live up to the expectations that you guys had? Now we'll start with uh, JT. I just want to give out a shout I have to give a shout out to the goalkeepers though. Oh, man. And, <laughs> yeah, for they know how to save yeah. penalties. <laughs> if you ask me on to single out any player that did very badly, I, w- oh. I wouldn't say did badly. Like you, maybe expected more than them uh, for, from them. Sorry, to be honest with you, I can't really fault anyone because when I've gone to the fans for this question, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I have something <laughs> to say. Yeah, yeah. I have <laughs> something <laughs> to say there. Okay, okay, Let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. Um, let's look at the game at much of a neutral perspective. Then you, you as, as someone, you see, all of us here, we actually, we, we know the insights of Singapore football. We know the state of, the current state of Singapore football. So when we went to the tournament, so we couldn't watch it live, so we watch it on internet or cable TV. We were telling each other, um, as long as the team performs well, as long as they give their all, there is no such thing called bad players or good players. As long as the team gel together, they perform well. I am personally more than happy enough. All right, but is who's that, who's that, sorry? Who's okay. you say perform well is happy enough, right? Who's well is not good enough. Who's hundred percent is still not good enough at that well, level. Well, I have my answers here. <laughs> that one, I I get, I get to you. I get to you, Gary. <laughs> Then, uh, okay, without knocking anyone, like you don't have to, you I don't think, have to swear uh, on anyone's mean, performances. Well, no, no, but I, I, no, I don't think this is a, this is op- I don't think this is opportunity to swear. But oh, it I is, mean, bro. No. That's true. That's true. I, I suppose not so much of specific players, but just more of like in a general sense, more like I guess, I guess, if not so much of singling out single players, but more of like departments where it's like you say, like your goalkeepers, your defenders, and whatnot. I think, I think, goalkeepers. I mean, is is is. I think has done pretty well. But if you're asking for, I think what is is how you say compare compared between the departments in the team. I think offensively, I think 
like it's what kind of I wouldn't say necessarily brought down the team, but it didn't help the cause in sticking out the sticking out the three points or even the one point for that matter. Like our finishes were uh, questionable at at times, lah. And at, at times even like it was it was so difficult for us to see the ball in the final third, right? Yeah. So. So, so uh, I mean, yeah, and considering that the, the, the eventually the 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 so called like the, the the only goal that was that Tampa scored was through Daniel Bennett, you know. So and it so personally for me, I would think at least you know, honestly between the the, the different departments in the team, I think the offensive players I think um, didn't help. Didn't, I say didn't really make a case for themselves I suppose alright thanks for your politically correct answers guys Election so Gary still got four years, bro. <laughs> yeah let's go to Gary for from the workers party <laughs> oh. <laughs> not the PSP uh. some analysis alright Gary what's your take on, on on that actually let's let us start by talking about the team the players the players actually really gave their all their commitment you cannot fault them they really gave everything out there on the pitch. However, when it comes to game intelligence, the game experiences, the game experience, the speed of thought, actually a number of the more experienced players in the squad are really found one thing. I mean, if you say about the foreign players, Kyoga Nakamura and Zerudin Mamedovic, they really measure up. They show that they are very keen to be there. They really belong at this level. Had they been at their previous clubs, they actually probably might be competing at such levels more regularly. Their speed of thought, their willingness to play for the cause, their ability to pick out where unfortunately most of the other teammates are not able to measure up. That's where it's a pity because in Nakam- especially in Kyogo, Kyoga Nakamura, you got a player at a higher level than even Tersak Chaiman in 2009. Yes, that says a lot about that level. However, if you look at the players who really did not perform, the other two foreigners, Armin Bosniak and Boris Kopitovic. Unfortunately, they really don't belong in the AFC Champions League level. They have their shortcomings, which were easily spotted by the better teams. And if you talk about local players, there was a reason why Yasir Hanapi got the red card. Erwan Shah keep giving away penalties because it's not because they're not experienced. They have been there, but they had rarely played against such level opposition at such regularity. They were not able, they were not sure what to do at this stage. All they know is pull the, it's like in Malaysia, but previously in Lions 12 or even the Malay, previous Malaysian club for Yase Hanapi, they may be able to pull and get away with it. But at this level, the opponents you are facing, they are more cunning. They are much cleverer. Their football education is much deeper, much more sophisticated than what we face in our Singapore Premier League. So in this case, this is where Erwan Shah in particular really lugi. And then our national team players, they tried. They really did try. But sometimes they're positioning because you don't face these opponents. Yes, some they are all fresh coming from Saudi Arabia where they played three very tough World Cup qualifiers. But your Brazi- the Brazilian strikers, the foreigners from Jombu, you got your local players from your Jombuks and your Gambas who are levels above. And they're not even in the national team. They are teasing us. They are, they are forcing us to play to their tempo, to play to what they want. It's whether they want to attack or whether they want to just sit back, ask you, hey, okay, let's come. And then, they mark on you and they go for the kill. It's how much they control. And what we couldn't do is we could not control our tempo. And technically, this is also partially where the, I think it's a baptism of fire in terms of exposure against such opponents. And this is where there's one point I want to make. I think 
eventually it will be very tiring in future, like if when we interview the likes of Bayhaki or even previously when I talked to Harry Swap. Harry Swap once told me this in the interview back in 2009. He said that at that time when SCFSC played Suwon Blue Wings in the 1997 Asian Cup Winners Cup, which no longer exists, that time he said, he can remember that time the two legs. This player running left, this player current coming center, this player coming right. And his whole defense all not knowing what to do because they were all over them already. They were speed ahead. And that was talking about two decades ago. Now we are still talking about the same thing. This is a problem that has been happening because since That's because of our culture that has not decided to push up to another level. And actually, it was more like an opportunity lost 10 years ago because of Zainuddin Nordin. Because do you know that in 2011, Singapore was actually offered an automatic place in the Champions League based on what SFFC did. We got one point in 2009, we got four points in 2010. And under that system, we could have gotten the automatic place. But for both pragmatic and nonsensical reasons, Zainuddin Nordin decided that, well, not worth. Tampines, please don't take part in the group stage. And I mean, financially, it's really very burdensome. It's not just about the squad size. Even previously, when SFSU were involved in the Champions League, when those overseas teams come to Singapore, they all fly first class. While we all had to hitch economic flights from, I mean, instead of Korean airlines, you got Asiana airlines. I mean, your Kashima Antlers, your Gambas, all fly SIA, come here. We are not using SIA to fly there. Lay over here, lay over there. <laughs> yeah, and I think even to Tashkent, you need a few flights and that is already tiring even before I think, that. I think Roshan played in those games and Roshan told me even to play in cold weather, they weren't given their, their long sleeve kits and all. He went to Uniqlo and buy. Lah. And then he... he well, I <laughs> Uniqlo? Said, yeah. This some, oh, okay, the Uniqlo equivalent in... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He went to buy his own heat tech to, to make through the condition. So again, to your point, the it's not easy for these teams to compete, let alone with the infrastructure that is around them. They have nothing. I mean, you laid it bare. There's been no progress since the last time we played and now recently we played. I mean, the fact that Daniel Bennett played in the last one and played in this one is testament to his longevity. Let's right. give him that. I mean, Iron Man and all that. But really, cannot be what. I mean, you know, I mean, for him to have played in 2010 and be the standout player in 2021. Something, something is wrong something somewhere. Not connecting. And the only one to I mean? score the, the damn goal. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I celebrated the goal, <laughs> but still, really. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also, apart from the playing squad, Gavin also, when we spoke to him, he said, a couple of years ago, I was he told me, I was speaking to Farah, a couple of years ago, uh, we were talking in Woodlands. So this shows you his inexperience at this level, where he was coaching at a very lesser level and then suddenly he's been thrust into the forefront of it all. So to your point about players not having experience, you also need a guiding hand to help you along, right? I'm not saying Gavin is not their guiding hand. He has his merits, but he doesn't have experience. And how does experience come? It's through your years at a job as well. Lah. So that he will gain eventually because I think he does have a smart head and he will learn. But it was just maybe too soon for him to take that step up. And we also talk about, we also talk about analysis of the game, right? In terms of watching the game. Gavin is someone who watches clips of the games all the time. But imagine how much you have to trawl through in three days, considering you have to take in training, take in recovery, and then prepare your team for the match. I think that's asking a lot also lot of the coaching team to do that in such a short space of time. After you. Let's just say it's just a bloody But that's it also when it came to especially the Jombuk and the Gamba games, didn't Gavin has a lot of time to prepare, like looking at all the opponents. I mean, we wouldn't win, but we would have devised a better game plan based on the many of the players that we would have known by then, didn't Gavin do his homework on that level? Because it's not just about years of experience, as I was saying. Erwan Shah had years of experience, but 
he was exposed time and time again in this Champions League. He's a very experienced player. Yasi Halapi, very experienced player also. How come he get rake up for two rash tackles? I mean, because there were smarter players who outfoxed him. And this is where it comes down again to the level of education and exposure. And the coach who has that level of exposure to be able to do so. I mean, if you look at the the other local coach who guided SFFC, both 09 and 10, after his time, Richard Bok, Kokchon, after he coached them in the Champions League, what happened to him now? Now coaching youth football. So I think it's very relative on both the poor levels of football education, poor levels of football culture, poor levels of football guidance that no amount of money putting in will fix if you don't get a good quality one to try. I mean, we have tried to get all these foreigners come, but somehow you get not even half-big results. That's the worst part of it all. I think that's a good point that he brought up because like not many of our players are fluent in that whole dark arts kind of thing when it comes to football or like what Peter Crouch likes to say, shithousery. You know, that's the thing that we don't have here, which is the know-how on how to get away with like cards. Like with like Yasahana B just got drawn into silly challenges. But I think the main point what Gary and Raushan are saying is that is Gavin... Naive, being naive or is does he lack the experience maybe we can go to the yeah that actually flows so well yeah. into that next one yeah yeah Zen uh, for you do you think that partly the blame was partly on Gavin or the coaches or who 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 do you who do you fault for this who, for this result that the 9-0 the 8-1 <laughs> the 4 <laughs> yes <laughs> we, we sorry, had to 10 years ago yeah, that legacy fair, fair enough fair enough but I think I mean I mean I mean I mean, I put it this way, like, uh, I think just like the young players in the squad, or even by extension, even the older players in the squad, I think Gavin um, is true. Like the fact that Gavin, I think is, I mean, cause, I mean, consider this, like Gavin only, like Gavin, like for, for Tampines and we came up to like first team coach, like what, in in the span of like a couple of years, just just like less than five fingers. And in his career, and, and of course, granted, he has his experience in like assistant coach in Warriors. And then you have like his, his kind of like his previous stint at like the JSSL Academy. But yeah, but even, even with all that kind of experience, including like winning like the, the Singapore Cup, uh, Community Shield, to, to compare that to say uh, Asian continental football, that is a big gap just as much as how the players are against like their like the Japanese and Korean and even the Thai counterparts I think Gavin Gavin's experience in this campaign is I would also is basically I would say it's, it's pretty much the same as the players where it's a brand new experience and odds are it's, it's gonna get real messy lah. yeah I, I get your point but do you also think that maybe you could have parked the bus you could have gone for a less uh, I would say flowy, flowy game gameplay. I see. Okay. Maybe at least mm. lessen the damage because eight nil. Eh, sorry, eight one and nine nil. are it's like they just kept going. Mm. Like you, you can say the same about yeah. Leeds right? when they get yeah, when yeah. they cannot trash. People say, oh, but they playing positive football. But yeah, but but you cannot trash. Yeah, yeah. Fair you are getting trashed. Yeah. Yeah. Fair what point. would you would you agree with that? Okay, here's the thing. This is the thing I've been kind of been thinking of. At least I've been is in the kind of like the two minds kind of situation. Yeah. On one hand, like. Would I would would I would like to see a scoreline that is less than at least five? Definitely, admittedly, yes. I would much prefer to have that kind of scoreline rather than your your sevens and your nines. Um, so to to have it to park the bus, I think would have been great. 
at the same time, like, man, it's it's, it's really truly like seeing at least at least seeing what 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 uh how is at least seeing what Gavin is trying to do in the in 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 the Singapore Premier League in the domestic competitions anyway. It's, it's call I mean call call it like, <laughs> uh, it's 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 really like. Yeah, I, I I guess if I suppose if Gavin really believes that his plan is to I guess impress someone or or, or some group through football that is flowy, pretty football, but at the expense of getting spanked. I mean, part of me is honestly there's a part of me that's that is comfortable with that as well I'm not gonna lie like true to the philosophy of what you're aiming to play yeah, yes. I wouldn't say that he's trying to impress anyone but he's just trying to play at that play with that philosophy that he's he's ingrained into his team JT what about yourself actually I wouldn't blame Gavin because you think of it before Gavin took the reins of the main guy taking charge of Tampines look at the past coaches do you feel like it's more of one one sided football, like very, I would call it boring football. But when Gavin came in, he implemented his own ideas, his own philosophy. Like actually, I told some of my guys before. Um, it's been a while ever since we see Tampines play philosophy football with a philosophy since Voro One. There's a plan. There's a playing style. So. Like what you was mentioning, um, well, yes, of course, we would like to see lesser damaging score lines, but it's also good to see how our brand, our Tampines brand of football competes at that Asia's top stage. How can we adjust our playing style from there to um, suit it better to to meet the demands of it? Again, again, I agree. I agree like 100% but would you rather see like, let's say let's say that instead of going for that philosophy for all for all six games or, or, or six games right yeah, yeah for all six, six games, games yeah. would we have seen a better scoreline better performance if we see if we saw Tampines play more pragmatic approach Raushan what do you think I think I agree with them because I think there's a philosophy that Tampines try to implement and they met respect. I have met respect for Gavin for sticking to his guns. Uh, okay, experience maybe would have taught him game management better and perhaps he would have match day four, match day five, he would have uh, tempered with it a bit. But again, I think there is mad respect to stick to your guns, stick to your philosophy and try and take on the bigger boys. And why I say this is because I feel... Prior to going into the competition, let's be honest here, this is a conversation none of us would have been privy to, but between the Templis management uh, staff as well as the, the people who run the club, they would have had discussions about what this is going to be. Is this going to be purely a learning journey for them? Or is this going to be, we're going to get a couple of surprise results and then we see where we go from there. I have a feeling that there was widespread agreement that it was a learning journey. And therefore... There was no reason to go back to a pragmatic style and park the bus. Because at the end of the day, zero points is zero points. Right? Okay, as a fan, as observers of football, I much prefer a smaller scoreline. But zero points is still zero points. It equates to nothing. Could in the have end. been one point though. Uh, could, could have yeah. been one point. And they were playing their philosophy. They were close to getting a point more than a few times. Unfortunately, I think maybe fitness levels played a part in them catapulating at the last part. So to answer your question, I think Gavin, in my opinion, did the right thing because I feel... 
they are they weren't looking to sneak a point. I don't think that was the purpose of what they were trying to achieve. I think what they were trying to achieve is bring Tampines' style of play to the continental stage and learn from there. And Gavin is one of those guys who learns from things. He clearly has, is very reflective and that's testament to how far he's taken this Tampines team since he, whenever he took charge. So I think he wants to learn from these experiences and hopefully get a chance to bring Tampines to the continental stage again. And I think that's why they went about things the way they did. Gary, what's your take? Well, actually, I'm not going to dispute what the fans and Roshan have been saying. I mean, it's about the experience overall as we can feel it. I mean, if I go back to history, because to, tonight, to, tonight I'm going to go all back about the ACL history in 2009, 2010. That time in 2009, Richard Bob and the guys at SAFFC, they learned quite a bit. From one point, it became four points the next season. And especially as what was mentioned about backs to the wall performance, they exactly did that in Zhengzhou when they held Henan Jinye to a goalless draw on the opening group game in 2010. So the experience learned from that first year really does bring over to the next year when they all have learned a bit like, okay, this is how we are going to cope against such opponents. We are not there yet, but we have been a bit wiser. We are a bit more mature playing in the ACL. And that is very different from when previously when they play in the AFC Cup where you can just still continue to go gung-ho when your opponents are at a much similar level. So in a sense, that experience points will have been more invaluable. And I hope both the players and the coaching staff and even the Tampines management, they will have learned something at the end of this whole Tashkent journey. And sorry, I just want to jump in on this. Huh? We talk about Gavin and why he should have opted for a safer philosophy. When Tatsuma played, with the Singapore team, we never once said he should park the bus instead. We were very proud that Tatsuma was playing a certain way. And we were like, yeah, this is the Tatsuma philosophy. Players are buying into it. It's good to see the passing and stuff like that. Whereas when Gavin, why is there even a question that he should have gone for a more pragmatic approach? I think it's unfair because at the end of the day, the Singapore fraternity is not big enough for us to take factions like that, I feel. The Singapore fraternity, all of us pull in the same direction anyway, regardless of club. I mean, we like certain clubs more than we do, but as football as it stands, it should be played in the right way and there are good people like Tatsuma and Gavin trying to implement that when, for example, not everyone is doing the same thing. So I think we need to give credit where credit is due and I have massive respect for Gavin for the way he went about business. His but business. Some, some might say that, okay, but we didn't see Singapore lose 9-0. I, or 8-1. Um, yeah, I, I think that's the thing about it. I think let's let's look at it in perspective where what if Gavin has another is coaching, let's say, that Chiang Rai team or if he was coaching that Jombok team, how his philosophy, which is with Tampanese now, how would that affect um, Jombok or Chiang Rai? What do you think of, of that point? I think to Kabir's point as well, okay, Singapore didn't lose, but the players on hand for we Singapore are much bro. better than <laughs> Tampanese. Sorry? We did lose. <laughs> I mean, Singapore didn't lose as bad, sorry. But, but the players at hand were much better. So again, to, to Jerome's point, in terms of the playing philosophy, if he had better players, there would have been more a better outcome, possibly. And then we won't be, this conversation would be entirely different. So again, earlier part, I said, he, he did the best with what was at hand. And let's be honest here, I don't think the Tampines Rovers squad is ready to compete at that level. They need massive reinforcements up front, especially. I didn't get a chance to chime in on where the weak link was, but I think the weak weak point of the Tampines team has to be the attack because not just were the the first choice attackers blunt, they, there wasn't enough firepower on the bench to give them competition or come on and make a difference as well. With all due respect to the players, they come on, they are not impact players. You know what I mean? And again, going back to Gavin, this was all he had to play with. And I think he did the best that he can without giving away too much. Like, we, we didn't 
okay, score lines malu, but I feel Tampines no need to come back malu because they tried to play, they stick to their guns and they tried to play well. And also, Tampines lost Taufik Suparno, who, oh, uh, who would have yeah. been an impact player yes, off the bench. Yes. Unfortunately, another another bad thing that happened. And actually, one thing also is this. I mean, from this conversation, we realised that there are very few coaches. I mean, this friend who mentioned about Borawan, I mean, that was really great memories of his 3-5-2 and how he get all the locals, reserves and all to set up to play in this particular way that carry on even up to Stephen Tan. I think there are very few local coaches who are able to build on such philosophies who want the team to play in a particular way. It's like it would take a lot of setbacks, you take a lot of criticism, but if they stay the course, like how Verwan did during, during those years at Tampines from 04 to I think 2011, I think eventually you will see a visible pattern that people can associate with instead of maybe one day hope for the best, another day let's go all out and players eventually will get confused if it's too disruptive. And I'm actually very excited to see now that Tempriness' AFC Champions League journey has ended, how they're going to come back and perform in the league. What they have learned to bring here because then you can clearly see that they've learned because they might be a level up or perhaps they might be tired. We'll see, time will tell, but clearly there will be some sort of knock-on effect from the ACL competitions and I'm eager to see how that pans out. It's actually one of my questions for, for the two fans here. Do you think that Tampines' experience in the ACL will bring a different kind of Tampines into the league? To me personally, yes. Because take uh, let's, let's, let's be honest here. The level between uh, Singapore Premier League and ACL is definitely is like you at level one all the way to the top of the building. Even so, the, even the camera like quality as well. You are... <laughs> that's, 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 that's a, a discussion for another, another day. day yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I have a lot of... Yeah, never mind. <laughs> As long, paid, huh? as long as you get paid. As long as you get paid. I believe the team actually learned a lot in Tashkent, be it the coaches or the players. Um, hopefully, what I hope you to see, and I believe Zen as well, is that um they take this learning experience. They know where they can improve, uh how things are supposed how things are leveled up in the Asia's top stage and convert it into better performances improve performances in the Premier, in the Singapore Premier League. If the club is going to treat this campaign as a learning journey, then one would hope that they will they will they will show they'll they'll put it to the test when they when it, when the uh, domestic campaign returns. Um at least especially for the especially I, I, and I say this especially for the case for the younger players. Um granted throwing the deep end didn't turn out so well, but I would think even losing, even the, even the, even just playing in these matches alone would be enough to learn, like a couple of things about themselves or a couple of things about the team. Uh, same applies for for Gavin as well. I think especially now with the likes of Line City Sailors, especially with their new uh, manager hire, um, I think I think honestly I'll be interested to see what what Gavin has it has has in store when it comes to the LCS matches. Uh. Which is another point I want another question I want to ask. Do you think that do you think that um there, there's this actually there's this argument that people say um if it was LCS playing in the Champions League, it would have been better for Singapore football. It would have been a better display, and then for for the future even like future qualification would it it would have been better. Do you agree with that, or do you think that? We needed this. We needed to know that, uh, know our levels, our as compared to the rest of the region. Well, I mean, the, I guess it depends on who you're asking, like, like if you're asking, uh, a, like a person who who cares about Singapore football, I think Tampines would be a better gauge 
to to measure like a better yardstick to measure on uh, against like our like the like the like our our Asian counterpart our Asian counterparts sorry um whereas if you put in like say Lion City Sailors sure they may get a better result it may be like a better I would say maybe even a better selling point to not just their fans but also to the neutrals and but it's it's kind of but then you're in the but then like LCS at this current point of time compared to every other local team or at least any every other team that's playing in Singapore right now it's a rarity it's literally the only club that is privatized at the moment bankrolled by mad stacks of cash which boils down to resources right yeah Gary I'm going to go to you for this resources we know Tampines don't have the resources that LCS have. Do you think that having LCS in the Champions League would have been better for Singapore football? Actually, that would be very subjective. In fact, I will even come out to say this. Even if it had been, say, Lion City Sailors playing in this Champions League, I will still see uh, six straight losses, fewer goals conceded. But how they will play is very subjective because, again, as I've mentioned earlier, the level that they are exposed to is rare for them. Many of them will be facing it for the first time. You will have similar Erwan Shah and Yase Hanapi mistakes that you will see in some of those senior players in the squad. I mean, the more steady players from Line City sailors like Harris may be able to steady the ship, but no, I don't see uh, improvement, but the outcome will still be the same. Six straight defeats because it's up to the stronger teams to dictate the tempo, to dictate the agenda in each of those games that they were up against. It will be similar, just fewer goals considered. Resources eventually will play a role and I'm going to state this with one particular example from Central Asia, Istiklal from Tajikistan. Actually, if you know, in this year's Champions League in the West Zone, Istiklal was the surprise team that from that came through from the group stage to advance into round 16, defeating the defend, defeating one uh, former champions Al-Hila of Saudi Arabia along the way. And they have done this over the years from playing in the AFC Cup competitively because I mean, I've seen them in action before in Kuantan. They have, yes, they dominated their domestic league. They keep winning and all these things, but they kept their core together. They invested in a lot of resources just to be able to wait for that day where they can come out and they say that they are ready to take on the best in what West Asia or eventually East Asia have to offer and also push to show that we can compete. We are at the same level. We are not the underdogs. So, of course, we were speaking about being pragmatic earlier. So, we had a conversation just now and we read, uh, a friend of mine actually raised the question about why Gavin didn't go with at least one destroyer in midfield. Um, he chose to play Kyoga and Mimenovic, who were more creative players. Would it be fair to brand Gavin as naive? Roshan, I throw that to you. Wait, I need to think. I don't want to be naive with my response. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure, on paper, it seems like he was naive not to put in a destroyer there. But, at the end of the day, I'm, I, much like Gavin, I'm going to stick to my guns and think that I trust in what Gavin was trying to do. Of course, a destroyer could have come in and stifled play. But even Gary mentioned earlier, when SAFFC made that trip all those years ago, they were still being bombarded left, right, centre and players were lost at what to do. So hypothetically speaking, yes, maybe a destroyer in midfield would have negated some of the higher score lines. But essentially, a loss is a loss. To me, a loss is a loss. I rather... And it was good to see Kyoga and uh, Mamedovic do so well. The only small issue I have with that is they've shown they can compete at that level. So are they going to stay with Tampines Rovers for so long? Like, this is something we actually asked Gavin and he chuckled about it. But I'm sure he's keenly aware that 
now the players have put themselves in the shop window and once you get a taste of it, I'm sure you want to go back for more, right? So they did prove able in midfield and maybe the destroyer would have helped negate certain things, but I don't think that's Gavin's style. And I think just for the benefit of clearing balls better or controlling midfield better, because let's be honest, who is this destroyer we are talking about? Whoever comes in will just be an extra player who opposition players are going to run rings around anyway. And I just want to touch on your question earlier about LCS. You say, would LCS have been a better uh, representative of Singapore football in uh, in the continental competition? What Gary says, six losses, I don't know whether my, my heart agrees with that because I, I do strongly believe that they will at least sneak one or two draws. But my head agrees with that because we saw JDT, who completely smashed the MSL, take the step up to the ACL as well. And they struggled. They struggled for the first few years until recently in this campaign, they got a couple of positive results. So what I'm trying to say is the learning curve is steep. Until we go past that learning curve, no matter how much money you put in, you cannot buy experience. So you have to do it and do it again until you get better at it. This is for every walk of life as well as football. Lah. So essentially, I think LCS would be a better representative only because from where they are, their starting point is much higher and they will only build up from there. Whereas Tempest Rovers, the starting point is already much backwards. So for them, they have a longer, a longer runway to reach a certain level. So LCS would have been a better representative. And of course, we haven't seen Coach Kim Doohoon in action yet. His team haven't been in action yet, but he did win the AFC Champions League. So we talk about game management. We talk about experience. He has tons of that. So I don't, don't necessarily agree with Gary when you, when you say there's going to be similar mistakes because the guiding hand might be better in terms of experience. And there are experienced players in that team but you cannot control them on the pitch. It's what these players do despite all the instructions, despite all the all the team talks and all the coaching that you can do days before those games. It's what those players do on the pitch. I agree. But if I make a mistake in match day one, I'm a player, I make a mistake on match day one and I make the same mistake on match day two, then I, I strongly believe it's down to the coach for not pointing out their mistake. And I again, I go back to saying Gavin is capable of pointing out these mistakes, but experience comes with age, unfortunately. This is how the life works. So that will come and LCS would have been a better representative solely because they are a much better starting place. And possibly now that we've seen a club without any backing come back with, uh, with such bad results, perhaps going with a club that is much better back will give the people who control Singapore football, a better understanding of why clubs need to be backed in the first place. Financial resources aside, do you guys think that the under-20 ruling had a part to play in Tampini's performances? Roshan? Oof. Everybody's woofing. It's the biggest elephant in the room, let's be honest. Yeah, you've got Mark Ryan Tan, yeah. you've got uh, Ryan Sanizal, yeah. and you've got all those other players mm. playing in the Asian Champions League. Mm. Where's... We were struggling to look for yeah. to find the yeah. youngest player in 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 SAF when yeah. they were playing in the Champions yeah. League. Yeah. Well, those young players in SAF, they were always on the bench. Your Darham Aziz, your Guntu Jafril. They did not play. No, they, no, they, they only played one play, or two minutes. Yeah, they, were yes. not, they were not forced. They had so minutes. We talked about they learning. They didn't even right? get games. We talk about <laughs> learning, right? So younger players learning from this experience. Honestly, what I fear most is the trauma. Like, you cannot work 8-9-0 on the continental stage. I'll be afraid to go back and play. So, while we talk about learning, yes, the ones with the right mentality will come back stronger and will learn. 
not everyone in a sample size of 10 not all 10 are going to have 100% mentality right? there's only going to be 2 or 3 the cream of the crop who will rise right? I'm not saying this because I spoke to Mark Ryan Tan but I think Mark Ryan Tan is one of those who will come back purely because he comes from a footballing family and there's sound advice there when he, he speaks so highly of Gavin so there's sound advice there and he seems to have a good head on his shoulders so I think he will learn from it I'm not necessarily sure all the players will learn from it so to answer your question yes under 23 ruling amongst the various other things that he has a negative impact on this certainly was one of them because like you said SAFFC had younger players but they were on the bench they made up the squad they weren't thrown into the first 11 action and if you get minutes here and there you're already losing 5-0 you get a com- couple of minutes it's okay you start 0-0 you can now work 9-0 I think there's some trauma involved like, quite honestly do you think that because Tampani's Tampani's squad was already like that because of the league rules and everything do you think that signing an extra one or two senior players would have done the trick or would it even be practical? Because we know it's not. But would have would it have been a difference, made, made a difference? You probably would need to sign a foreign defender just for this ACL campaign because Bennett is not young, Bahaki is not young. You All you left is Madhu who sometimes for all his experience will still be a little bit all at sea. You need a stronger a veteran head to be able to marshal the whole defense including those young guns together to be able to teach them what they need to do in these game plays in such situations. And also for the under-23 ruling, actually, if you have, in Tampani's case, it's not that detrimental, but it would have been better if they have played one or two friendly games, but obviously with cost, cost and all these issues in Uzbekistan, they won't be able to find a Uzbek opponent in a hurry to say, okay, I'm going to put this proposed, my best strongest 11, no more under-23 ruling. And we do this. We figure out how we need to do that might have been better, but what I'm saying is all probably very theoretical. But if you've been through with all these under-23 ruling and you see one or two young players who might be up to the mark, you use them anyway because it's about who can perform. It's not about the age. Uh, let me just add, sorry, just before we go, I actually asked Mark Ryan about what he thought about the under-23 ruling itself. And even he, who is an under-23 player who technically benefited from this rule, was against it because he felt your motivation levels do take a hit. And he said there was one game where he was put in the team ahead of Yasir and he was asking himself, huh, do I really deserve to be in this team ahead of Yasir purely because of this under-23 ruling? So again, this under-23 ruling already leaves a lot of question marks among players, let us, let alone us fans, right? So definitely it hampered Tampanese. But going back to the structure of the club and the ability of the club, how much or how different would Tampanese have stacked themselves out without the under-23 ruling. I don't think they would have gone and splashed the cash and got players. That's just the way the club operates. The way the club... is That's the club model. So even without the under-23 ruling, I don't see them having three or four big name signings or anything like that. That's just... Gavin has the players who can do uh, a certain thing for him, who can play in a certain system for him. So yes, under-23 ruling because of experience, but no, because at the end of the day, Gavin, that's all that Tampanese and Gavin are able to achieve. And also, if we want to talk about a parallel case of the under-23 or even the under-21 ruling, you look at the Chinese clubs that, are, that competed in this year's Champions League. All of them that were playing in the group stage, they all fielded entirely under-21 players. fake passport rule. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, really, really. Really all under-21 players. Yeah, yeah. Actually, if you if you see the lineup, you see the jersey number also being one. Then uh, right. if you look at the people, they are not foreigners. They are all just Chinese. So, I mean, of course, speaking of the future, Gary, I'll 
throw this out to you. As we know, with Tampines failing to score a single point, that would mean that Singaporean clubs might lose their automatic qualification into the Champions League in 2023. What other impact do you think this results will have on local football? I think whether our clubs represent in the AFC Champions League or in the AFC Cup, because of where we are in our football, the rankings are in a way, I think they don't really matter at this moment. And I will add one more thing also. The Champions League format that we have this year is actually down to politics, football politics in Bukit Jalil inside the AFC HQ. I mean, which continental competition in the world will just expand unilaterally to just having five key, five groups of four per zone. And we got a free spot because of that. I'd rather that we go through the qualifying phase, show that we are able to compete against Southeast Asian clubs at the qualifying stage and also later against the clubs from China, South Korea, Australia and Japan, and then go into group stage. That way, we will know better where we stand instead of getting just one free ticket. And yeah, I think it is not very important whether we get the ACR pace or not, because if we don't deserve it, so be it. We go back to playing in the AFC Cup, which is more of our level at this moment. And we work towards getting back there. Our clubs work and focus more towards there in the future. I I strongly believe that we should be playing in the ACL. So I'm going to completely disagree with Gary here. <laughs> mm, I feel, okay, I can understand that the AFC Cup is our level and perhaps so mm. we should compete there. But it's nice. It's nice to have a Singaporean team. I mean, I was filled with pride. I, I don't even care much for Tampines. I mean, no disrespect. I don't. I, I lived in Tampines, but I don't. So they're not my team, for example. But there was a lot of pride involved with a Singaporean team representing us at the highest stage. Results aside, performances is what we look for, right? So I think whatever was decided in Bukit Jalil or whoever, wherever, if it's if it's it falls in front of you, you take it. And I think, therefore, we need to worry about this coefficient a lot because I think now to have a Singaporean team there means a lot to us fans. As Singaporean football fans, let's be honest here, we don't often have much to look forward to. This is one of those tangible things we can look forward to. So why take it away? And I strongly believe, I mean, I'm hoping for LCS to be the representative next year, to my point earlier, purely because they are better equipped to compete. And then we see how it goes from there. And perhaps they will help our coefficient a lot more than unfortunately Tampines have. And then we take it from there. I think it's important that we test ourselves against the best. Even if we fall short, at least we have the experience to count for something. And then I don't think we should forgo the ACL because AFC Cup is our level. In fact, I think we should be competing on both those competitions, even if it's one team each. Unfortunately, AFC Cup was cancelled this year. But it's okay. We see how it goes next year. And I think it's important that we work towards it because otherwise we never get the experience. And there's knock-on effects because our players competing in AFC Champions League and AFC Cup helps the national team. We talk about exposure. We talk about, oh, players must go abroad. Guys, with COVID, none of our players, all our abroad players have come back right now. None of us, none of our players are going to go abroad to get experience. This is the one chance to increase your, your get out of your comfort zone and increase your experience. Why give it up? Take it, take it with both hands and then see where we go from there. Yeah, because I, I, I find it funny that, Gary, you said that because you were saying that SAF played two seasons in the Asian Champions League and then they learned from that experience. But if we were to continue playing in the AFC Cup, Year in, year out, where do we, where, how can we get to that level without the experience and without the know-how or the learning process? I think this is where the interruption for 10 years really cost us a lot, really. Yeah, there was no learning in between that period. No, because after our former FAS president decided that we no longer play in the Champions League because eventually as we found out Lions 12 and other things, 
but we lost that learning gap along yeah, the way. Which is why, which is funny, it's really funny that you said that we should just play at the AFC Cup. But I, but then as, but then the thing is, in a, in my heart, like what he said, I also do want to see a Singaporean club competing. But in pragmatism, AFC Cup is where we are. I'm not saying that we should retreat all the way downwards. If we can keep pushing up to be appearing regularly at the group stage, why not? But at based on where the league is at the moment, based on how flawed the system is and at our level also, we need to show that we can push at least up to more often the final round of qualifying where we meet serious opposition, win and qualify outright and later cement our place in the group stage as one of the proper contenders like how Thailand have been doing now. Okay, so of course, let's end this on a happier note. I'm going to start with the fans on this one. Um, what positives do you take away from the Stags' time in the ACL? The uh, main the main takeaway for the team now is actually the experience. Uh. Because you don't get to play at this level against top Korean teams, top Japanese teams, top Asian teams like every year. Like like what you say, it's been 10 years. And within these 10 years, Asian champions, Asian football has changed a lot. China football be, suddenly become very rich. Even Thailand also. Yeah. So it's it's good. The, the main takeaway is this experience. How this experience will help to improve the players in the team and how the coaches try to improve the team based on the experience that you play in uh, in Tashkent. Yeah, we have to agree with, with JT here. Experience definitely would be I think I think it's I think pretty much the only thing the how should I say yeah it's kind of like the only thing if not the main thing that the the team can take away from this campaign um, you know like this is pretty much like I think I think especially if this is the, the, the if this campaign is ultimately a learning journey for the the club then I think it I, th- I, th- I think is 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 now up to the it's up to the players it's up to Gavin even even it's up to even up to the club management to basically, like you know when the when the domestic uh, campaign resumes then it's like, hey we're back. This is what we have learned, and take out all the all the new tricks and whatnot lah. Hopefully. Well, as what the fans have also said, the experience is the biggest takeaway that they can learn, especially for the young ones who are here at this stage for the first time. Some of whom have never been even in the national youth squad. This is, will be a very big eye opener. I hope that this is the level in which they aspire to continue to be at, to work towards the level, even if they're not going to face such opponents often. I think on a broader level, it is also a good lesson for our football. I think we all need to see where our shortcomings are. I mean, we don't talk about the physical infrastructure. We talk about the ambition, the desire. I mean, if we look closer to, to home, Johor Darutakzim, they've already shown that with ambition, with desire, with the commitment that they really want to be competing in the Champions League week, year in, year out. I think this is at least what one or two of our clubs should push towards. I think instead of just struggling to make ends meet and all that, we have to find ways to be better. And this is where everybody has to go in the same direction instead of staying just happy to just play football like Kampong. Like that's what Malaysia used to be until JDT change the agenda totally. Actually, I I agree with you on your point because it's not just uh, Tampines itself. It's, it's not just how you improve, the club improve as just by a club. But it's also how Singapore football actually progresses from here on. 
like what you say, experience is, he comes by age, he comes by opportunities. Tampines have this opportunity to go to compete against the Asian's big teams. So it's up to like what Zen say, how they are going to translate these lessons in when we got resume in the league. 100% agree. I think it's tough to take positives considering your six losses and however many goals we considered. But the knock-on effect is what we hope to be positive. I mean, to, to start with, for us to have this conversation and brainstorm all these ideas is really a step in the right direction after so long. So now we want to see these teams take it forward. And I completely agree. It shouldn't be just Tampines. Yes, Tampines went out there and got the experience. But whoever is the representative for Singapore next year, there needs to be some sharing involved of the experiences. If it is, turns out to be LCS, then at least there's the addition of Harris who played with JDT. It's, it's very hard to look across the causeway and see somebody within touching distance uh, geographically within touching distance but footballing wise they are miles ahead purely because of the infrastructure and I think the one positive that I hope comes of this is patience because I think we need to realise that this is next year suddenly not say we're going to qualify out of group stage it doesn't happen like that so hopefully the positive thing that we take from this is understanding of the reality of the situation and the steps that we need to take in the right direction before we want to achieve something Fantastic points by all our guests here as well. Um, I mean, before we go off, of course, one point I want to take is that it was just so nice to see brilliant camera angles for the games. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I just, finally, I don't have a headache anymore watching the football. <laughs> it was good to see that. Lah. Unfortunately, that was, uh, the SPL resumes very soon. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that all that said, I, I hope that um, with Tampines, Tampines playing in the Asian Champions League, it brings out an appetite for every other club to to go into regional competitions and do well. I would say do better, but just do well and just to perform and represent Singapore football at that stage. Yep. And definitely, hopefully, that will change the football landscape in Singapore as we know it. And that, of course, rings full-time here on The Final Whistle. Thank you guys so much for joining us, all our guests here.